a greyhound to the county line She's reading Marx and Lenin all the time She says, Jesus freak, you're such a fool I say, Satan loves you, thinks you're cool She's a socialist of the highest degree I'm a communist Her mother hates me You're an anarchist You don't want anything from me I'm a Satanist At least that's what I think I might be At least that's what I think I might be No, as always That's Asher And that's Vic And this is Speak Speak of of the the Devil. Devil Oh, that was a weird delay. Yeah. I'll fix it in post. Or I won't. And I'll leave all of this in, and it'll be really funny. Um, That's probably what'll happen, honestly. Yay. Um, <laughs> so, what are we talking about today? Well, Vix, today we're talking about divination. Yay! And divination is basically any method for telling the future. And I did some research for this episode, by which I mean, mm-hmm. like, one night of it in a real hurry. Yeah. While listening to a bunch of episodes, last podcast on the left. Um, that probably has you in a weird state of mind. Oh, absolutely. It's fantastic. Good. Yes. So what I found out from the big list of ways you can tell the future is that you can tell the future using pretty much anything. Or at least you can try. This is true. (laughs) Methods include ants, mice, farts. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see here. You know, beans, which I feel like probably goes well with the farts. Mm -hmm. Which also, that's called gastromancy, which is also a name for crystal gazing, weirdly. That's fucking bizarre. Yeah, no, I'm very puzzled. Um, um, I really, I'm a fan of rumpology, which is divination by buttocks. Good, good. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's bumpology, which is just phrenology under a different name. A funnier sounding name. Oh, uh, scarpomancy, which is by old shoes. Oh, that's a good one. And I unfortunately... Like Scatomancy, which is what it sounds like. Good. There's also cephalanomancy, which is by cracks in a skull. Mm-hmm. That's, um, uh, that's fun. Yep, and of course, phobomancy, which is telling the future by feelings of fear. Mm-hmm. Also, of course, there's delightful macromancy, which is just, like, telling the future by whatever the largest thing in the room or available is. Okay. Yes. Yeah, um, I feel like these are mostly methods of divination we're not actually going to talk about in depth this episode, other than, you know, to briefly make fun of them. Yes, um, so we both do a fair bit of divination because it's useful. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Uh, and I want to kind of make a quick note here, though. Yes. Um, 
you know, one can define divination as a method of telling the future. Yes. But it's honestly useful for a lot of other things as well. Um, like calling you on your bullshit. Yeah. Um, I feel like Tara especially is quite good for hmm, telling you what's actually going on with you right now. Oh, absolutely. That you don't want to face up to. Lenormand, too, in a different way. Yeah, well, cartomancy in general, I think, is often very good for that. Yeah. Although it's going to depend on the particular deck, and some of them seem more prone to offering tips on the future, and some of them are more like uh, that friend that always calls you on your shit. <laughs> well, exactly. And I just realized I don't have headphones in. But you know what? I think we're just going to try this and see Is what happens. Is that why there's a weird fucking echo? Oh. Uh, should I grab headphones? Yes, dear, you should. Oopsie-daisy. Oh, I'm you fucking smart. disaster. You love me anyway. I do. We're experiencing some technical difficulties. Please stand by. So I was just thinking, wouldn't it be much better if Scatomancy was divination by, like, weird noises Frank Sinatra makes, rather than that, divination by poop? That would be better. That there is a form of divination for that, and I'm pretty sure it's called, it's either, oh god, um, I think it might be called idiomancy. What, is it just, like, divination by babbling? Like, the babblings of, like, people's nonsense or weird utterances. Nice. Or by, like, the foolish. Oh, there's also odontomancy, which is using teeth. Oh, well, that's fun. Yeah. Anyway, though, let's try to get ourselves slightly back on track. <gasps> yeah. We're going to be editing this episode so much. Oh, yes, I will. I edit every episode. Yeah, but this one you're going to edit so much. I mean, hopefully not as much as the one where the audio got totally out of sync. But... Okay. So, the thing I was going to say about divination, though, is sometimes it's telling you about the future, sometimes it's telling you about the present and what the fuck is happening in the parts of your brain and emotions that you yeah. don't want to be looking at. Um, yeah. Also, really, honestly, the main way that I use divination is for communication uh -huh. with well, mostly Satan and a few other demons. Yes. Um, but yeah, deity or spirit communication is really another way that certain forms of divination can yes. be quite handy. You know, it's excellent for talking to a lot. Yeah. The devil. Yeah, the devil, various demons, um, you know, all the stuff the Catholic Church tells you it's good for. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, yep. <laughs> so 
that. Um, and so we use it for that a lot. And, you know, it's also, it's interesting, um, you know, looking at older uses for, like, cardamancy, you see a lot of stuff that's mm-hmm. very much less, this sort of higher spiritual truth stuff that we read in Tarot today, and a lot more like, you'll meet a, you know, fair-haired man who you might marry. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, yeah. those questions are never going to stop being asked. They are never going to stop being asked, and I don't think that, um, I mean, that's still the kind of shit that, like, professional psychic readers who have their yeah. storefronts are yeah. doing today. Um, and I am not yeah. going to say that it is not a totally valid <laughs> use for divination. Mm-hmm. I'm also not going to say that it isn't totally part of your income sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I told on you. Well, actually, I kind of want you to talk briefly about your journey from uh, yeah. kind of, uh, well, how you got into that, because I think it's interesting. Well, okay, so I was taught tarot by my dad from a really young age because he mm-hmm. had cards, and despite being in atheist and all that he liked them he liked them as a way of getting in touch with your subconscious um and so Mm -hmm. i learned to read from my dad from the time i was like seven or eight which means i've been reading cards for around 20 years now (laughs) um which is weird um (laughs) that's funny i'm pretty sure that Uh oh man actually i might have started even younger than you (laughs) uh yeah it was it was probably around seven or eight i just remembered that my first deck came from this one Aww. particular store and it was a lord of the rings tarot deck i remember you mentioning this yeah it worked really Aww. well for me because i was super into lord of the rings Aww. at a weirdly young age Nerd baby yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I the specific shop it came from, I can't really remember it being around after yeah. I was about seven, so. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, that happens. Um, and so I read cards. I thought of it as kind of a partially just sort of a fun party trick for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still yeah. kind of is that for me. But it's a fun party trick where people usually get kind of freaked oh, no. out by the I end mean, of it. I mean, the same for me. Um, <laughs> I've been told I'm, actually I've been told by you that I am annoyingly accurate. Which I really like. You are annoyingly <laughs> accurate. Um, but, and so um, at work I added that in as a little sideline, basically. I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. People will probably enjoy that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I started reading cards at work and was finding myself to be annoyingly accurate, which I just thought, um, I don't know if we've discussed what I do for a living, but I'm a professional dominatrix. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I, and I've been doing that for around eight years now in various forms of sex work for holy shit around 10 um oof you're a veteran oh yes i am um doing that shit since i was legal (laughs) um (laughs) and what was i saying oh right that so i i just thought i was a really good cold reader um Mm -hmm. but 
I have been told by various people that I seem to have a knack for that sort of thing, including the son of a very prominent occultist who shall not be named because I don't want to be name-dropping weird. Um, well, I'm going to have to have you tell me later. You know what? I'll just tell you now and I'll cut it out. Uh, okay. Or I might bleep it because that might be funny. But Yes, bleep it. That'll be hilarious. Son up. Ha! Huh? Um, so, that happened. <laughs> nice. He also told me that I was like an avatar of Queen Mab, which is a story for another time. Uh, I mean... Okay, then. Bruh. <laughs> it's flattering. Um, Do you think he was trying to hit on you? Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, no, he was just super sweet. Really? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, really just a lovely person. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, right. So I started doing that, and I started finding I was, like, scary accurate. And I was like, I must be a really good cold reader. And then it kept happening. And I was like, I think mm-hmm. I might be more than just a really good cold reader. I mean, you're kind of fucking annoyingly psychic. <laughs> you're also weirdly tuned into me. Well, that's because... Due to the fact that you're you're my rib, I am literally your rib. Yeah, you were you were taken from my body and created as a yep helpmeet <laughs> for me. Uh. <laughs> you know, God couldn't find a mate for you in Eden, and I was just like, well, I'm just gonna borrow a rib and do something with that. Which is weird because I don't usually have a problem with finding mates, but I guess that God felt like you know. Who wanted to play matchmaker. And, I don't know, wanted one with real big titties or something. Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this episode's getting weird. Yeah. So yeah, you you kind of went from like semi like seeing yourself as a bit of a charlatan to like yeah. no wait, I'm a believer. <laughs> and I think at this point realizing that you not only are annoyingly psychic but have some mediumship talents. Yeah. And uh you're a witch. Yeah. That was that was weird to realize. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have like like I said I got my first deck pretty young. Um and then at some point, not that much later, my mom gave me mm-hmm. actually a number of tarot and oracle decks that were hers and also, I believe, grandma's Aww. before. And um, that's when I got my Rider Waite Coleman deck that is still my Aww. fucking standby. I'm a... Sometimes I say I'm a basic bitch witch. <laughs> Like, at least when it comes to tarot, there's so many beautiful decks out there, and I have a number of different decks, but Rider Waite Coleman is classic for a reason. It reads really well, and it doesn't have a bias. Yep. So that's basically what I use. And yeah, so I mean, I was reading tarot through much of my childhood. Yeah. Um, Even when I went through my, like, militant atheist phase... I kind of kept doing it. They're just fun to play with. Yeah. Well, at that point, I was, like, kind of using the your dad theory of, like, this is a mirror of my subconscious. Yep, exactly. 
because the subconscious is totally an empirically proven thing that's not woo at all. Yes, absolutely. It's not. Yep. Freud is harsh woo, and that's why I love him. Yeah. I think someday down the line we're going to need to just do an episode about Freud and Jung. Yeah. But I'm going to need to do a lot more research first. Yeah. So yeah, um I was I was doing um yeah, tarot. Uh oh, another form of divination sometimes yes. if you're lucky. I was um I got really into dream yeah. interpretation yeah. pretty young. And I don't I've had like weirdly accurate prophetic dreams a lot. Yeah. But hilariously, they're always about kind of useless shit. Uh-huh. Like, when I was a little kid, I had a freakishly accurate dream about uh-huh. these two goldfish that I ended up getting the next day. <laughs> and I didn't know I was going to get fr- They were literally given as party favors at some kid's birthday party, which is the weirdest shit ever. Uh, like, who does that? I mean, that was a thing where I grew up. I think it's weird. Oh, no, I do think it's weird. You should not give animals away as party favors. That's fucked up. Yeah, it's it's just a little strange. But yeah, no, so I, I had no idea that there were going to be these, like, random goldfish in my life. And, you know, they were goldfish. They were never, like, important to me. I had them. Uh-huh. But um, in my dream, the night before this birthday party, I yep. saw these two fish with, like, the exact coloration and markings as the ones I ended up getting. So that's just just funny story. Like sometimes I just get prophetic dreams about useless fucking nonsense. Yeah, that does happen. I feel like the only purpose of it is just to weird me out and make me less skeptical. <laughs> Time in my life where I've had a series of recurring dreams about like bugs, um, including my. Mm-hmm annoying stoner roommates burning a hole in my shitty ikea rug and having to get a new one which they did they burned a hole in my mm-hmm. ikea rug <laughs> i don't i don't get what that you know what i don't know much about prophetic dreams other than this kind of petty nonsense i don't have any theory of how that works but why is like the universe or my higher self or whatever the fuck satan Sending me prophetic dreams about this kind of goofy shit. (laughs) Heads up! You're gonna get goldfish and your roommates are going to ruin the decor of the living room. (laughs) IDK, man. But yeah, no, uh, tarot and dream work were kind of my my first little divination experiences. Um, I did a little chiromancy. Which one is that? Oh, oh, actually, yeah, um, yeah, we had this family friend who was really, I don't know, she was, like, into Qigong and, like, a bunch of other stuff, and she got really into, like, a form of, it was, like, reading the fingertip whirls. Oh, weird. I don't remember what it was called, but, yeah, she looked at my hands, and she told me I had a pattern called the HAL 9000. Uh Uh-huh. Which basically meant I was gonna be, like, really smart and turn on my creators <laughs> kind of true though <laughs> but just imagine telling like a nine-year-old that that's really funny it was quite funny i just remember that yeah no i 
really haven't fucked with palmistry much, even though I think it's cool. Yeah, no, I, I haven't much since I was a kid. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I did a little bit of that, a lot of tarot, always have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, played with spirit boards as a kid, which I forgot to fucking research. Fuck. Um. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, spirit boards are a whole other thing. Yeah. I also wish I'd researched them because I vaguely recall that the history is fascinating. Oh, it is. It, I, I know that much. I know it's mm-hmm. fascinating. So you'll just have to take our word for it, listeners. Or you could use Google. Um, that you should you be should better definitely. than we are. Yes. Um, I researched like cardomancy really thoroughly. Well, that's good because we should mainly talk about that because it's the most it fun. It is the most fun. It's also the one aside from good old-fashioned palomancy that we use the most. Is palomancy pendulum? Well, I didn't know the name for that. Yeah, pendulum is something that I was so skeptical about. Yeah. And in some ways, I almost, I don't really, it's hard to consider it a form of divination. It's more a form of communication, kind of like spirit boards. Yeah. You know, sometimes spirits or gods will tell you the future accurately, but... You know, they can also make shit up and lie to you and pull things out of their... Their etheric asses. asses. Yes. Their astral asses. <laughs> you went there. Um, yeah, I was really, really skeptical about um, mm-hmm. Pendulum before I try it. Yeah. Because it seems... It just seems like bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it's so easy to manipulate yeah even just unconsciously and you know it's kind of the same theory that people have about spirit boards and you know with those two you definitely there is a danger of manipulating those unconsciously but okay look i have a theory and this is my personal little theory i've heard some other people say this um i kind of think that the way that pendulum and spirit board may work and possibly part of the reason that they freak yeah. people out is by allowing kind of partial possession yep that's my theory because nowadays well as you know when i use pendulum with lucifer um i my body yes. moves and i've walked um it rocks yeah, yeah. Well, and from watching me from the outside, you can't, like, confirm that I'm not, you know, doing it on purpose or doing it subconsciously. Though, one thing I can confirm, and, like, I'm not a doctor or an anatomist, so I can't, like, confirm this Mm -hmm. in a, like, you know, scientific way, but from what I have seen, Mm -hmm. there is no muscle group tension. Yeah, that's the weird thing, is, like, I, my body moves, but I can't figure out what muscle is doing anything that's it, what it, it kind of feels like. like being pushed around gently it's freaky it's cool um when it first started happening and actually i mean to be honest that only really happens yeah when i do pendulum with satan um but to be fair i pretty much exclusively yep. do that with satan aside from a couple of times when somebody else hijacked the pendulum that's another danger of pendulum and spirit board is uh you don't always know who you're talking to um no you gotta be cautious with that yeah word 
So. Yeah, I I do really recommend using those methods. Unless you're the kind of person who just wants to be like, hey, random spirit, anyone there? And just, like, yeah. talk to whatever's around. Which is not my idea of fun. It's like, um, uh, chat roulette. Fucking supernatural chat roulette. Not my thing. Yeah, no. And now I'm just wondering how many, like, masturbating ghosts you got. I don't like that image. <laughs> you don't like the idea of, like, ghosts choosing ectoplasm? No, I don't like that idea at all. <gasps> I'm sorry. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's some people's kink. Uh, I mean, there's an entire uh, fetish for ghost fucking. I mean, I shouldn't really judge because I'm into the demon fucking. Which is another episode. Oh, yeah. For a time when we're feeling very brave <laughs> and very okay with people thinking we're insane. Yep. <laughs> um, but, you know, go get that demon sex. It's yep. real good. Get that sweet Satan cock. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we were talking about um, Spirit Board and Pendulum, which are really pretty closely related i think in terms of action and in terms of kind of how it works um yeah the way i use pendulum it's pretty restricted to yes and no yeah. answers um but you can totally make a pendulum board that almost kind of looks like a little ouija board yeah and it's got letters and numbers um yeah it seems confusing to me to use a pendulum on a board like yeah, that no, figuring out where it's swinging seems yeah really tough. i feel like at that point i would just get a spirit board yeah no um but yeah talking to satan with the pendulum where you only have yes and no answers yeah is actually it's like playing 20 questions with the devil yes so it's pretty funny um but it, it kind of suits him, actually, because yeah, you know how he can be kind of legalistic and very precise with language? Yes. It really teaches you to ask the right questions. Yes, it does, and I think that's one of the reasons why he likes yes, it. Yes, that's absolutely the reason why he likes it with me. I'm fucking certain. Um, yeah. Because I, I find he will always tell the truth, but if you ask the question wrong... He will absolutely give you an answer that's misleading, but technically true. That's him! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, I, I use yes, no, kinda, and maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, when my pendulum goes in circles, I practically hear maybe. <laughs> it's funny because for me when my pendulum goes in circles uh -huh. it's um uh, it, it's hard to explain this in a way that doesn't sound cheesy uh -huh. by the way listeners in case you're not getting this um different people have different systems worked out for what the pendulum motions mean uh -huh. it doesn't really matter as long as you're you know consistent yeah like like for me back and forth means yes, and side to side means no, and for Vix, that's completely switched. Wait, yeah, side to side is yes for me. Um, yeah. I find that the best way to calibrate your pendulum is to ask, like, 
pretty much the kind of questions you'd ask to get like calibrations on a lie detector. Yeah, you're just like, is the sky blue? Are we in <laughs> wherever you in fact are, or am yeah. I in? Yeah. Is my name Smokey Joe? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you start out asking those kinds of questions, you'll, you know, figure it out pretty quick what your pendulum's doing. But yeah, um, what usually happens when mine goes in circles is, um, it, and it always, always, always goes Wittershins. Of course. With Lucifer. I've never seen him do a clockwise circle with it, ever. Um, it usually means that he's, he seems to be kind of, like I said, it's hard to say this without sounding cheesy, trying to manifest a little yeah. more. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, usually my pendulum will start doing circles right before I start getting, like, sort of more, like, body feels and sense of presence. I might even, you know, feel like I'm being touched by someone. Yeah. So it's kind of more of a, like, trying to come in yeah. thing. Which is similar to what some people say about planchettes on the Ouija board. Uh-huh. Because um, I know some people will be like, don't let it go in circles, don't let it do figure eights. Yeah. Zero is going to manifest in your butt. As one does. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, so that's Pendulum. You know, calibrate it. Um, always check who you're talking to. Ward well. I find mm-hmm. uh, charged object words. Like, I wear a ton of rings and I don't take them off. And mm-hmm. they're all heavily warded and it works really well for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I do that. Um, so that's Pendulum. You can get all sorts mm-hmm. of pretty ones. Um, you could also make your own. Yes, you can. You can use a necklace in a pinch. I know a woman who uses a piece of her own hair dangling. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah. And she's... Yeah. She, yeah, that's my friend Angela that I've told you about. She's very intuitively witchy and weirdly powerful i love it and also has like no technical knowledge whatsoever it's fun she's the one who had sorry i'm gonna tell this story because it's relevant and funny um during a pendulum session she said she had a yeah like a full visual manifestation of a spirit which i've never had happen to me but then right after she told me that story she went can spirits lie like people (laughs) and i face palmed and i was like honey get thee to hogwarts yeah Oh my goodness. <laughs> Too bad that doesn't exist. Anyway, do you want to get into cards? Uh, after one second, I'm going to give out a like little shout out to my favorite Etsy pendulum maker. Oh. Um, they're called Moon Addict. I bought your Ogbrot pendulum from there. I have my oh, yeah. Cayman pendulum from there. I have my very special Lou pendulum from there. Mm-hmm. And he's just really, really nice. And so I thought I would just like mention him. Um, but cards, right? So, um, basically, cartomancy, um, is like developed obviously after cards are developed because you can't really mm-hmm. do divination with cards until there are cards, um, which required interestingly the development of slightly more modern forms of paper because like you can't make cards out of papyrus or vellum it just doesn't work gotcha. they don't shuffle um and so playing cards were introduced to europe in the 14th century 
um, and are like, as far as I know, and this is based on not enough research, but the absolute definite evidence we have of cardamancy, um, like there's other stuff that predates it that's less sure, but in 1550, we know people were already using cards for divination. Nice. Um, and cardamancy using regular playing cards um, way predates, as far as we can tell, cardamancy using tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Um, like, tarot wasn't developed until the mid-15th century, and our earliest definite evidence of tarot for divination uh, dates to 1750. That has, because uh, we have an anonymous manuscript that like documents basic divinatory meanings for the tarot cards. Nice. Um, and tarot is still a game played in Italy, um, and you know it's gambled on. And one of the things that's really interesting is so before there were cards, um, Romans played dice. That was yes. what you gambled with, uh, and they were also used for divination. Um, and that was called astrodalomancy. Hmm. Um, and there's basically been a really long history of gambling and divination going really hand in hand, which is funny because I am not a gambler by any means, mm-hmm. but I do love um, card divination. And it's funny, I love poker. I just don't want to pay for money. <laughs> um, but um, so, you know, that's interesting. Um, also, so tarot decks have the Latin suits, which are coins, cup swords, and batons. German card decks have hearts slash roses, leaves or shields, bells, and acorns as the traditional suits. Huh. And then French suits are clovers, tiles, hearts, and pikes, which are also the English suits with different names. So mm-hmm. like a standard deck of playing cards you would get in the States would have the same suits as a French deck. Okay. Interesting. Um, yes. I think that the difference in symbolism is really super interesting. I think cardamancy using standard playing cards is really super interesting. A year ago on my birthday, um, yes, I just had one of those, now I'm old, uh, a friend of mine gave me a reading um, yeah. using standard playing cards, and it was quite fun. And also annoyingly accurate. <laughs> I love that. Um, I really, I just, I also really love using decks that have been used mm-hmm. for game playing. So, like, I, with my tarot cards, and you know I have a giant deck board, I really like to, like, I'll take out the majors or use them as their own suit and just play games of solitaire with them. Nice. Very nice. I really want to learn Taroki because, actually, it does look like kind of a fun game. Hey, Vix. Yes. I'm going yeah. to call you out and shame you. Tell our listeners approximately how many decks you have. Um, I am not sure of the precise number. I think the last time I counted, and this was a while ago, and I've since acquired more decks, um, I was at 89. <laughs> so, yes. When we say deck horde, we mean deck horde. Yeah, those aren't all tarot. Well, yeah, but they're all divination yes. cards <laughs> so it counts yeah that's true. i accuse myself of card hoarding <laughs> for having like seven decks <laughs> and i pretty much only use rider weight as far as tarot goes i use a lot of my decks 
Um, uh-huh. I'm always playing with cards. Um, I know. Yes. Um, but, uh, so the first esoteric specific deck was Italia's Tarot in 1789. And the history of the Tarot is super interesting. What the majors are in different historic decks is super interesting. Like, um, mm-hmm. the Hierophant was replaced by Bacchus in one influential early deck, which I... Wow. Yes. And actually, I did a YouTube video before I accidentally got my YouTube channel shut down. Um, <laughs> story for another time. Um, about how that really influenced my reading of the Hierophant. Um, That's cool. Yes. We'll maybe talk about that in a mini-sode, because I think we might do those. I mean, I used to really dislike the Hierophant because he looks so papal. Yeah. But I guess now I kind of refer to I, I think of him as the Antichrist now. Yeah, I mean, I think of him as the sort of... So he's... Oh, fuck. Um, I'm pretty sure his Astrological Association... Um, mm-hmm. Let me check what that is. His, so his Astrological Association is Taurus, which I think is super interesting. Huh. Um, and basically, I think of the Hierophant as the place where, like earth and divinity meet Mm -hmm. so it can be well that would be the pope and yeah it will exactly and it's like the earthly church but also when you have bacchus as the reading it can be like the earthly spiritual as well Mm -hmm. and so okay yeah to me like the hierophant is the connection between the very earthy realities and like administrative realities of religion or the like earthy realities of like doing sex magic um mm-hmm. and the divine and so that's kind of how i read the hierophant now also you come up as the hierophant all the time in my readings which is like really funny well you know <laughs> it's not just your readings also yeah i pretty much never come up as the hierophant in my own readings but other people's on me yep. a lot <laughs> yeah um but but sorry, we're talking about the first esoteric oh, right. um, deck. So that was Italia's Tarot in 1789. Um, I don't know that mm-hmm. much about it. I'm pretty sure it didn't have the illustrated minors. The first incident, uh, incidents of illustrated minors was a French deck, I believe, from the 18th century. Uh, the Tarot Bourgeois, I think it was called. I actually didn't, I don't mm-hmm. have this in my notes, but I've, read about it um and it's really beautiful um it's not intended for divination but it's really beautiful and you can you can read any tarot deck um i mean mm-hmm. you can read any deck of fucking cards you know you can probably right probably um you know use Yu-Gi-Oh cards for divination if you wanted to <laughs> someone should do that someone come up with a system make it a thing you know what i'm sure someone has done that though some beautiful chaos out on the internet mm-hmm. has definitely done that. Yeah, that people so reading their Magic the Gathering cards, their fucking Pokemon yep. cards. Well, Pikachu means. <laughs> yes. You know, the weird. What? Baseball cards? Yes! This is what I mean about you being weirdly psychic. That's literally what I was thinking. Well, also, it's because yeah, I am your rib. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, that's that. Um, you know, uh, the Rider Waite Smith deck is sort of the deck everyone thinks of mm-hmm. when they think tarot cards. It was done in 
I actually don't have the year noted down. I'm looking it up. Yay. Yeah, it's um, it's not that old. Okay, it was published in 1910. Yeah. Um, and it was illustrated by Pamela Coleman Smith, mm-hmm. based on the instructions of A. E. Waite, who is a giant in the world of the occult. Um, and you know, it has that tie-in to Kabbalah. It has the tie-in to a bunch of other things, astrology, they moved some of the majors mm-hmm. around to make for better astrological connections, and it works beautifully. The symbolism, fantastic. You know, the cards are actually, especially if you like look at them as they were originally printed, are actually quite beautiful in that early 20th century illustrative style. I love them. Yeah, a lot of people find it not that aesthetic. But, but I love it, especially an aged Rider Waite mm-hmm, Smith. Oh, mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, I also I have the deck of the Bastard, which is our uh, Rider Waite Smith minors with like Renaissance tarot deck majors Ooh. and aces, and it is and the cards are like aged and beautiful, and I love it. Though the deck lives up to its name, it is so so snarky. Nice. Um, I love it though. Um, and so, you know, Tarot, major system of divination, and, you know, it's the sort of cardamancy system most used for sort of the most intense spiritual, most hermetic, most, like, let's do some path working on the Kabbalist mm-hmm. tree of life um, stuff, which, you know, is great. Um, another cardamancy system, which is way less mystical and way more, like, Girl, your boyfriend is cheating on you. Mm-hmm. Um, is Lenormand, named for Marie Anne Lenormand, uh, who was a noted French fortune teller who lived from 1772 to 1833. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 36 card deck, um, which is based on a, well, okay, so the Lenormand deck is based on the deck for the game of Pope, which is a parlor game published originally in 1799. Mm-hmm. Um, but that deck is based on a French piquette, I think is how it's mm-hmm. pronounced and the name of the game. Deck, which is a 36 card deck used for certain French card games. Um, it has like certain numbers removed from mm-hmm. the cards. Um, and, uh, another fortune telling deck, uh, the Kipper deck, which is a German cardomancy deck, uh, is also a 36 card deck based on the game of Pope. Um, and Lenormand is really cool. Yeah. I gave you Lenormand no, that was, on your sort of pre-birth. That was pretty fascinating, actually. Yeah, and it's read in a really interesting way. The most traditional way is you lay out all the 36 mm-hmm. cards in a spread known as the Grand Tableau, and then you read based on position and proximity uh-huh. to tell, like, what the fuck is going on. And each card, it doesn't, like, they don't have the big, rich, deep symbolism mm-hmm. Of tarot, like tarot cards are like sentences to paragraphs. Lenormand cards are like words, um, and they have kind of a grammar to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And Kipper cards are similar. It's like you know, genteel lady, um, you know, great Mm -hmm. fortune house. (laughs) Nice. Um, And so they're very like. Their voice is very practical and like, well, I think you probably need to like 
Check up on those investments because it looks like your stockbroker's a shady motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> um, and so I love them for that. Um, and then of course there are oracle cards, which are a deck that has never, like, are decks that don't have a gaming mm-hmm. function. Um, and don't have a set structure like Tarot or Lenormand or Tipper. They can be, you know, anything you want. Um, and uh, I have a ton of them. Initially I was super like, oh, these are stupid. These are mm-hmm. dumb. Um, when I was getting back into reading Tarot heavily, and I started using them in combination with Tarot, and they work really well together. Yes. I love using as many methods yeah. of combination together I mean, as I can. I'm, sometimes I just have to pull out the pendulum to yeah. figure out a reading. Although that's usually when I like know what the reading is, but I don't want to admit that I know what it's saying, and I need Lucifer to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I mean they also just they clarify mm-hmm. so nicely, and I also just find, um, you know, you can, um, what was I saying? Oh, that like it clarifies it really nicely, and every method of divination has its own voice, and because oracle decks are so different, they each have very much their own voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I find the Lucy Cavendish ones read really well, though I have issues mm-hmm. with Lucy Cavendish as a person. Um, but I, I like her decks a lot. Um, and they have a very different feel to me. They feel slightly softer. Um, like, I mean, mm-hmm. there are Oracle decks that are harsh, um, especially well. like Edward <laughs> did, did you say the Edward Gorey one? The Edward Gorey Phantom Pack is dark. I have it. And so do I. And, yeah. you know, I actually use it. <laughs> and you know how I use it? How? So you know how some Oracle decks are way too fluffy yep. and positive? I use it to balance those nice. out. Nice. I'm like, show me the dark aspects of these cards. Very nice. Yeah, no, it's, it works really well, actually. Um, I mean, the one, the only Oracle deck I really use is this thing called Lucifer's Tarot, which you also have. Yes. And it's it's called Lucifer's Tarot, but it's not Tarot. Mm-hmm. It's an Oracle deck. Yes. With a bunch of demons. Yes. And it's a really harsh deck, and also the divinatory meanings of the cards are just very, like... They feel very old-fashioned divination. Yeah. They're like, you know, there's a young person. Who cannot be trusted. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, my only critique with it is that, like, the vast majority of the cards have very negative meanings. Yeah. Which means if you're doing a reading, it's just like, there's just really no balance Yeah. Well, what I would do if I Mm -hmm. were you is I would get a super affirmation-y, soft, uh-huh. floofy deck, and I would use it in conjunction with that. Like, you know, get, like... Actually, a lot of Paratitles decks tend to be fairly balanced, weirdly. Um, but there are, like, super fluffy Oracle decks mm-hmm. out there. And grab one of those and nice. use them together, and it'll come out balanced. I've also found that it's a really good deck to use when I'm pretty sure something is fucked up, but I'm not sure how. Yes, that is good. It's also good for just, like, so, like, what demons are Yeah, it's almost more like demon flashcards, really. Yes, it's great for that. Um, Patty, can we pause for a second? (laughs) She says, Jesus, freak, you're such a fool. I say Satan loves you, thinks you're cool. 
he's a socialist of the highest so degree. we are back after a short break, and we were talking about... I had to go use some scatomancy. <laughs> we both did. It, it happened. These recording sessions can go long. They can. I We didn't really plan how long these were going to be when we started, but they just, they somehow became about an hour. Yeah. I mean, time. I think that's a good, I think that's a good length for a podcast. Um, I agree. Some yes, people would but, say it's long. Yep. But whatever. Those are people who don't have my attention span for talking about Satan. Exactly. And you can (laughs) listen to it in chunks Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. You have a pause button. Use it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we I think we were just about finished up with uh, discussing cards. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we talked a lot about cards because we're both big. We're big card nerds. Oh, um, actually, before we get into the other biggie that we're going to discuss a bit, yes. which is astrology, which probably needs yes. its own episode because astrology is enormous, um, yeah. I, I wanted to give a shout out to a method that I want to try more, yeah. which is bibliomancy. Yes, I was researching that and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically like opening a book to a random page and yeah reading what's there um i'm most intrigued by doing it huh? um book drop method yes where you throw the book on the ground and also using an actual bible yep that is a very traditional method it's a very traditional method and it's kind of fucking disrespectful to the good book so i'm into it um what was i gonna say i was gonna say also traditional methods use homer and virgil sometimes which is funny nice um i've used house of leaves for that hot which is i don't know it's weird i find it really funny because there are all those little facebook memes which is like you know the 42nd page on the book closest to you Yes, is your love life for 2000, whatever. Sometimes um, those are really weirdly accurate. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, of that's, course. That's bibliomancy kind of. Yep. It is. It's like a weird folk form of, I love digital folk magic. It makes me super happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I've had multiple ones of those be, because it's me um it's always like you know well here's like a text on marxian economics Mm. (laughs) um which actually usually does turn out to be weirdly accurate um (laughs) (laughs) yeah redistribute me baby um but so bibliomancy is cool. We want to do more of it. Yeah. Um, but I think the other really big one that when people think of astrology or sorry, when people think of divination, they think of the thing I was just about to say, which is astrology. And so I think you and I are both more card people than we are astrology people. Well, yes. Although, if you're a really big card nerd, then you're also an astrology nerd. Then you're also an astrology person, (laughs) yeah. Um, And I I get into that a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, 
especially because I'm an Aquarius and what is not doing that constantly? <laughs> um, I find, okay, I don't know if there's any support for this, yeah. but I find the concept of certain signs being more likely to believe in astrology to be funny. Oh, I, I find that really funny. In fact, before I believed in astrology, I made a Tumblr post, which was like, I'm an Aquarius, so I don't really believe in astrology. Shut up. I made the same joke to Mir, except oh it was, God. I'm a Virgo, so I don't believe in astrology. <laughs> oh my God. You really are my rib. I am. Like, this is, it's honestly spooky. It, it's um, it's very strange. Yeah, no. We were like, separated at birth, <laughs> but we also fuck. So, I mean, that's awkward. <laughs> Well, we can't have been separated at birth because you're well, like a I'm, year- a, I'm a year older or so, and that's why yeah. you're my rib as opposed to me being your rib. Yes, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's a thing. But of course, we both made that joke. Um, that's but fucking strange. <laughs> but yeah, no, I used to not believe in astrology. Now I have like both of our charts saved for quick access mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever i want them i'm like well i just need to remember like what's his neptune <laughs> <laughs> see okay you are a little bit more of an astrology person than i am mm-hmm. i'm you know that astrology person who just punches shit into astro cafe and uh-huh kind of like take a quick look at the chart of someone who's new in my life yeah. Or sometimes I mean, if I want to be kind of masochistic, I'll look up the charts of, like, old exes. Yeah. And then I'll be like, well, I wish I'd seen this before. Yeah, no, looking at some of my exes' charts, I'm like, well, there were reasons you were like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, your Neptune is in Capricorn, babe. What does Neptune do again? Neptune is weird and complicated, but it's partially like your obstacles. Okay. Cool. It also is like inspiration, dreams, psychic receptivity, illusion, and confusion. Ah. Interesting. My Neptune is also in Capricorn. And, you know, Capricorn is associated with the devil. Of course. I have so much Capricorn <laughs> in my chart. Yeah. So much second house Capricorn, which is funny because I think it's the only thing that keeps my Aquarius sun and moon from making me like literally float into space. Pretty much. So if you're listening to this and you don't know much about astrology and have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, it's okay. Um, yes. But if you're a skeptic... I really do encourage you to look at your full chart rather than just your sun sign, which is what most people know. They'll be like, oh, I'm a Virgo. Oh, I'm a Cancer. Whatever. Um, Because no one is just the stereotype of their sun sign. No. Except for my friends in. But that's because they're a triple Virgo. (laughs) Sun, moon, rising. Yep. Yep. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, right. I was going to say that. And I think even if you have an identical chart with someone, mm-hmm. 
I don't think it's like everything about you because I don't think that everyone born at the same time as me in New York is the same as what? you. Exactly. I mean, wouldn't it be weird though? I mean, have you met anyone who was like born around the same time as you in the same hospital? I don't think I have, but I'm pretty sure they're not a bunch of like weird knees running around. Because you don't know fun. though. You can't prove it. Uh, I'm gonna have to check. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to find some and be like, so are we alike? <laughs> well, twins would have yeah. the same chart. And they're often super different. Yes. So, like, yeah, I think it's, like, certain personality traits and certain, like, themes in your life, but not all of who you are. Totally. Yes, there actually is some shit that goes into making you an individual person other than what the fuck the planets were doing at the moment of your birth. Yeah, I'm also not entirely sure that it's actually the planets. I think that the planets may be more of a correlation than the causation for astrology being true because they've moved since the inception of the system and That's if we true. were actually and if we were actually going by what the stars were actually doing yeah um our charts would be entirely different and i don't think that's correct yeah um, so i i think it may be other weird factors that, that are actually fair the thing they correspond to not that i know what that is i just know that i am deeply deeply an aquarius you are and it's pretty weird yeah you're aquarius also are funny because you're so floaty and woo but you hate feelings feelings make it harder to astral project <laughs> 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 or is it more like you're just astral projecting to avoid your feelings well maybe <laughs> though if you astral project your feelings will come and get you so well that's true you can't you can't you can't astral project away from your feelings as much as you might want to uh, regarding my sun sign, which is Virgo, I was having a discussion about it with my younger brother last night, who's yep. also a Virgo. Of course. And we're very different, and neither one of us um, particularly lives up to the, like, yeah, sort of, like, tidy and conservative whatever Virgo stereotype. You're just both super neurotic. That's what I was saying. A Virgo <laughs> is someone who can sort of seem like they have their shit together mentally and emotionally. Because we're super analytical. So we can organize and analyze stuff. But also because we're super analytical, inside our brains is always a trash fire. And we're just mentally imploding all the time. Yeah, no, your internal world is just constant screaming. Or, like, existential questions being whispered. With a, like, an... with, like, <laughs> a just, like, subtle in the background, constant low scream. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, Virgo, inside Virgo's head is just, like, 
but what if I don't actually exist? Did I, did I say that or did I just think it? What if everyone can hear my thoughts? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's super- Oh my God, did I leave the stove on? <laughs> Another super weird thing that I should just mention now. So you and your younger brother are both weirdos. Mm-hmm. Me and my younger brother, both Aquariuses. Oh, the one we had on the podcast? Yes. He was nice. literally three years and one day after me. Shut up. Yeah. Paul was born seven years and seven days after me. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not the same. It's just weird, like, both having a younger brother who's, like... Weirdly... Close yeah. birthdays. Yep. Yep, so... Wow, only one day, though. Yeah, we we had joy. I thought this. I thought having a week between our birthdays was awkward, but nope. Yeah, I have two brothers, and they were both born in January, as was I. Well, I guess we know what time of year your parents prefer. It's May, <laughs> and that's horrifying. Um. <laughs> You're welcome. Yep, but in any case, so why are we so weirdly similar? It's eerie. Um, It is eerie. Why are we so eerily similar and yet our charts are so different? Um... Maybe this is what, maybe this is like how (laughs) this is what, like shows what isn't affected by astrology oh we're some kind of like um cosmic case study or something yes they're like let's let's make these people exactly the same yeah but then put their birthdays sort of far apart and see what happens and as it turns out what happens is one of them gets really big plastic titties <laughs> yep and the other one is, I don't know, you you say my defining trait. I don't want to figure out what it is. And the other one, like, <laughs> dresses like an Illuminati fuckboy. Yes. There you go. <laughs> okay, I feel like we're really just riffing and, um... Because yeah. I don't think we have any more useful information on astrology to give them. Oh, no, I'm sure we do. It's just we're not going to remember it until no. approximately five minutes after we after- stop recording. Yes. Or uh, a oh. day after it comes out. Yes. Though also, quick corrections corner. Ooh, okay. Yes. Well, I thought that we should correct um, the episode from the... Uh, compendia the compendium. oh yeah that one was weird um yes. there was this one part where because of the printing of the book i it, the text was arranged very oddly on the page i basically skipped over a line yes um so if i read something that didn't make sense that's why um i also was I was trying to refer to the nightshade family and say nightshades, but I kept saying belladonnas the entire time. Yep. 
it happens. I, I did it remarkably consistently, considering that that's a mistake I've never made before in my life. It's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> and then you were like, that's cute. Why do you do that? And then... And I um, went, I have no idea. I hate myself. It's okay. Um, Throw and... me into the Pope hole. <laughs> no, honey, you don't belong in the Pope hole. We belong in a much deeper circle of hell. Uh, That's true. Yes, but uh, the other one I wanted to mention was the guy who I kept referring into the in the We Need to Talk About Jesus episode, episode six, um, mm-hmm. who thinks that Jesus was like basically Gandhi, except not a perv, um, was Walter Wink and his scholarship okay. is bad. So I thought that that was also important to note. Um, All right. So I think that that's, oh, also um, we have a Facebook page, which is Speak of the Devil Satanic Podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can join our group from there, which is very exciting. Um, Yes, indeed. uh, We also have an email, which is, baby, what's the email? (laughs) Oh. Uh, Morningstar Congregation at gmail.com. Also, speak of the devil podcast six. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yes. Right. I forgot I made that. Yes. Speak of the devil podcast 666 at gmail.com. Because weirdly, speak of the devil podcast was taken. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's like another podcast with the name. But yeah. Um, so email us. Isn't it about sports ball or something? There is a sports ball one. There's also that's speak of the devils. Speak of the devil. Uh, there is like one about they're like Levian. Oops. Oh well. It's fine. Um, ours is more <laughs> popular already anyway. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so on that I'm, note, yes. Um, you have- backwards satanic message in mind um you know i think i do good which is oh okay (laughs) (laughs) and on that groan inducing note that none of you will be able to understand yeah Bye till next time. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. This has been Speak of the Devil, the official uh, podcast of the First Church of the Morning Star. And, um, you know, check out Electric Mirrors on Bandcamp. They do our theme song and seem like real nice people. So, you know, have a fantastic week.